Hello and welcome to Dark Basement HQ. I'm Cloda. I'm Courtney. And this is Kids From Yesterday podcast. This week, we are going to talk about something that is a really big part of general rock culture, and it's kind of synonymous with the whole sex, drugs, and rock and roll thing, which is the concept of people being groupies. Yes. Um, I think it's kind of been seen as a bad word. Definitely. Throughout the years, it's been seen as a bad word. And it kind of a them and us yeah. divide. That's what it creates, I think. Yeah, real kind of like, um, like a thing that I've kind of seen is that when people talk about groupies, they kind of disparage a group of young women who are interested in music as not really being interested in the music so much as they are in the fame or the whatever they get out of being a so-called groupie um so like the, the same like synonymousness synonymous synonymousity synonymous <laughs> what is the word the same association with um like band whores as well like you don't like that word at all me yeah I, I, I think the word is like I wouldn't necessarily like to call somebody else one. Yeah. Um and I think I think we should all take ownership of words like thought and whore and whatever you want, bitch. But I feel like <laughs> I, I feel like if, if it's women women and women like using it as a as a it's like stop calling each other suts and whores because it just so it makes it okay for men to call you suts and whores it's like it's it's not an insult it's an empowering word for us to take it back yeah. but when it's like when other people use it it's it's yeah no an i totally get that um and i think it's the same with groupie like if somebody wants to call themselves a groupie fucking go ahead go that's fucking great but if it's somebody else calling you that then you have to wonder what the the situation is with that um, like I think that the concept of groupies kind of started maybe in the 60s with the Beatles so oh, definitely. like the whole concept of Beatlemania like that was just seen as a lot of young women yeah. who wanted to have sex with five guys or, or four guys how many of them how many there Beatles were there, there, was was there, four. Was there four there was four men with terrible haircuts like that was the, the whole thing but um, I always think as well because when people talk about Beatles fans they talk about teeny boppers as well yeah and I always think the concept of teeny boppers is like they're talking about young girls who are not mature enough to like real music mm-hmm. and then they grow up and they become groupies and it's like your whole life is defined by the kind of things you're interested in um, and I think that relates to a lot of the music we listen to today like when you talk about people who are fans of Fall Out Boy or fans of All Time Low it's like well that's not real music and there's yeah. a lot of negativity associated with it because they're like well the music isn't very good and like you know their fangirls are so annoying and you know but those terms are definitely derived straight from misogyny because they're used to try and make women feel like they're excluded from the scene yeah that they're not good enough to be real music fans or and that's what i feel like a lot of people i guess would you know consider one direction and other bands like that, like even White Camp Folly Boy, they're like, oh, you know, they dismiss it because teenage girls like it. And that yeah. happens with a lot of pop music, I guess. And that's why p- 
people don't see it as real music, like air quotes, um, even though it absolutely is. And it's also really funny because like people were like, oh, enough Beatles. And now it's like the Beatles are held up as some of the greatest musicians in the oh, world yeah. because some old white men decided it later on that we can look back on this now that all the girls are dead and we can all like this thing now. And it's, it's really strange and it's really funny, but it's like in the moment pop music is really dismissed because girls yeah. like it and then later on you're like this was kind of era defining and you're like well yeah and all the young girls that were listening to it knew that at the time exactly like even thinking back to the likes of Nirvana and Bowie and stuff like that like when they were at their peak it like or when they were like alive um, <laughs> <laughs> rather it's, yeah because I guess they're kind also of alive their, their peak never really I guess their legacy never really has stopped yeah um but at, when they were alive and they were actually the 70s 80s 90s I like kind of wonder like I was actually listening to David Bowie the other day he came on the radio and I was like did people did men hate David Bowie when he was around at the time because he was so like because so many cis straight white men like hold David Bowie up in such you know and put put him on such a pedestal of like this is amazing music and I wonder looking back on obviously he was kind of like a, a almost like a queer icon in a way yeah. in that the way he dressed and the way he acted and, and stuff like that and I wonder if those men at that time did they you probably know the answer to this for me did they actually hold him up and say this is a great musician or were they kind of like oh that's for girls or oh that's you know too weird for me or or you know has it did they actually hold him up in that pedestal then do you honest? I actually don't know the answer. It's for the first time in this podcast I've admitted to not knowing something. I feel like you always know like the science and the psychology. And you do know like a lot of the like the stuff yeah. yeah. The answers to your questions. Yes. <laughs> this time I'm like, no, I don't know. Um with Bowie, um yeah, I feel like he kind of came in an era where we've talked about this before in like the fashion episodes yeah. and everything, where like Bowie was kind of the beginning of this subverting of of gender roles in music. Yes. And I think without Bowie, we probably wouldn't have people like Lady Gaga, but we also wouldn't have people like my chem, like Jared Way. <laughs> we yeah. have my chem. Sorry, we're still not over it. <laughs> it's been many weeks now, but we're still not over it. Um, but in terms of that kind of fashion and that kind of expression, yeah. Um, and that's something we've talked about a lot on this podcast. But it's it is a very good question. Like, how did like cis het men feel? About Bowie at the time. Like, yeah. if you are a cishet man that is listening to this and you were around in the 70s... You're like a <laughs> 60. And you're, yeah, are you a 60-year-old man? Let and you're listening me know. To our podcast? Because the only men that I knew who liked David Bowie at the time are dead and I can't ask them that question. No. So. Um, I think my dad liked Bowie back in the day. Um, Like, he would have gone... Can you get your dad on the phone? Can I get my dad on the phone? I'd have to tell him that I have a podcast. And he'd be like, what's that? What's a podcast? Ah, no, I won't be talking to you on that. I don't know why I made him sound like a culture he's from the inner city but anyway <laughs> <laughs> no we won't do that it's more like it um yeah i'll ask him because i think in like um it would have been like the late 70s or maybe the 80s yeah. bowie played slain yeah um and he has a whole story about my aunt losing her ticket to to bowie and then like claiming she never got it there's a whole big long story oh, thing God. but um it was like an ongoing saga and they all went to, they ended up she got they bought a new ticket for her basically and then she like found it behind her bed and never <gasps> told them <laughs> can you oh, imagine you. yeah so that was like an ongoing thing but like I remember that being a thing that they went to Bowie the tickets were like 12 pounds or something wow. or 17 it was like a lot of money for the time mm. but like now we're like I'll have a 12 pound ticket slain thank and you very much way, it's the same way that like because it's weird because 
you have bands then like at the moment like we've kind of gone off topic and i'm really sorry but it's just kind of interested in now that we're talking about it. we have bands like picture this the script coldplay um whatever the other bands are like around in, now indie like, rock pop kind yeah, of that yeah young lads are like you know jerry cinnamon or whatever that young lads are like ah oh, this is amazing and you know like oh my god whereas we'd be like that's shy you yeah. know like we'd be like that's shite music they're just you know whatever they don't like real music but and, and, and there's kind of a switch in attitude but i guess it's more predominantly that men would be like no that shit because because girls like it yeah like i think the the prevailing thing is like rock is seen as like a thing for men who aren't really manly and girls yeah like that's kind of how it's split like rock is for like the, it's just othering there's constant othering when it comes to music and obviously not all music is for everybody yeah i mostly hate country music but i love cassia pope same so it's like for the most part i'd be like no country music is terrible how could you possibly subject yourself to this but then again like plenty of people do love it so and it's subject just, themselves yeah <laughs> subject themselves to it on a regular basis for whatever reason um and it's the same with like you know there's plenty of of rock bands and i'm like i don't understand how you can listen to this yeah. and like there's a certain like um like cohort of metal bands that you're like what are you called your num <laughs> your name is like lightning bolts but it's it hurts my eye what what are you called and i that's the kind of thing that I'm like everything sounds the same there's like nine guitars and eight of them have 12 strings like what's yeah. fucking, what, what is this but like some people are incredibly into that and it's it, but it is this constant othering in everything yeah um but i think there is very much a even within those communities yeah like you like i'd say even in the picture this fandom there's like oh the girlos like they don't really like the like you're like what? yeah you know yeah i'm sure there is like i definitely i'm thinking back now to even my days of being a teenager and going to these gigs and meeting quote-unquote groupies and they were i remember going to one gig in particular i think it might have been cobra starship and we were front row naturally and they had there was an irish band actually opening for them i completely escapes me who they were i don't remember but there was a girl who was a, a groupie and she was chatting to the security guard because we were obviously up the front um at the queue to get into the gig venue and i remember the the security guard being like oh jesus girls you don't want to be look porn if she's had them all like kind of talking about how like she yeah. just goes to these gigs and whatever yeah so she was like hey i know you're just here to see cobra starship yeah. and you're up front do you mind if I stand in front of you while the Irish band are on? I'm trying to sleep with one of them tonight. I'm, I was like 15, like total virgin, like, I haven't even kissed a boy yet. <laughs> yeah, whatever, totally. Whatever. You know, and we were like... You get some girl, like... Yeah, yeah and, and in the sense, like, there was this kind of feeling of like, oh, well, we're not like that. Yeah. Because society tells you to be like a good girl and you, you know... And to you, judge women who like sex. And to judge women who like sex, yeah. And this is obviously our Catholic school upbringing. Oh, because, 100%. Like, I mean, stuff is changing now, but it's still, the lack of sex ed is, is glaringly obvious. Lack like, of I, sex ed and the like, shaming of yeah. women for enjoy, like, ha- yeah. using their bodies the way they fucking want to. It's definitely, like, obviously we've shook those morals off. We're yeah. completely different in our stance towards it now. And, yeah, you know. but at the time, it, I mean, that used to, I think I've mentioned it before in this podcast as well, but, like, going to all-time love shows and seeing these girls in, like, like little body-con dresses and heels and just uh, being yeah, like... Yeah, I can oh. imagine that's, like, a thing that yeah. we're doing at all-time low. Definitely. Yeah, um, but it's, like, at the time... Sorry, I just spat on you. You're fine. <laughs> sorry. Spit on me. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're totally... We're t- our morals are so different. <laughs> just spit on each other now and... Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, we always going to leave that in, Michael. That's fine. 
Um, but that thing of like, at the time, the judgment was so there. Yeah. And it's a judgment that I'm not proud of, but it's a judgment that I've grown from since. And I think it's okay to admit that at one point in your life, you weren't a good person or that you had bad opinions but it literally comes from this belief that like groupies are bad and fans are good and and it's it's not even from a sense of like they're bad because of x y and z yeah it's It's just just kind of like this is the way it is yeah and that's just yeah don't question it it's a stereotype and it's discrimination born from ignorance like it's there's no basis for it and it's no different than anything else like when we were told women who like sex are bad and we were like that tracks yep that's sounds good and we have no idea why and like it's you're never really encouraged to question it like you're being educated in school by like in ireland if you're from outside of ireland most of the schools it's changing now but most of the schools at the time were like taught through a catholic ethos yeah so like if you were lgbtq you could be fired from your job as a teacher because you're an educator which is bullshit and that's changing um you didn't really get sex ed because well like catholicism doesn't believe in contraception so you know and like you'd have nuns in your schools and stuff so i mean it's again it's all changing now it's not like the stereotype of like a school run by nuns because that's kind of gone now but there would still be nun influence yeah or like church influence in some regard and they would have some involvement in the school and maybe they owned the land the school was built on so like the the board of education couldn't really do anything about it and there was no like laws to say that kids need to learn all this stuff so just a lot of these attitudes come from other people around you whose parents grew up in the same thing Mm. and us not getting a chance to challenge that in schools yeah Um, and also in ireland most of the schools are segregated by gender yeah. Which again is bullshit. So like I went to an all girls school. Did you I went to an all girls yeah. school. It was a saint school. Like most of the schools yeah. would be called Saint this, Saint that. Yeah. Um and they have that ethos. I think like I did for primary and secondary school, but like I remember when I was in primary school, that's when well, first of all, I had friends around the corner from me that went to another school and they didn't get to wear their uniforms and my mom said it was the Protestant school. That's like that's <laughs> where they, they went into the Protestant things in the Protestant yeah. school. Um, but there was, uh, like at the time, Educate Together has just started in Ireland, which is a multi-denominational school and they don't have any faith. They don't do religious classes. Yeah. If, it's up to you if you want to do religion, you go and you do that with your church or with yeah. your mosque or whatever else um, with your own faith through uh, like the, the community or whatever yeah but it's like no longer forcing Christianity upon people yeah and these schools by the way these are all like public schools um, that we went to that are all like you know run by the or have that that Catholic ethos it's not like we were sent to private, private schools, schools that have yeah. Catholic ethos like there are the private schools, schools yeah we're all kind of Catholic like that yeah and that was just that's just the way it is and it still yeah. is just the way it is but it things are changing mm-hmm. um and it's good to see but it is definitely like I can see where we got those opinions from and it literally comes from an opportunity like the lack of opportunity to actually discuss things and even like girls that when I went to school when they were talking about sex everybody was so uncomfortable about it yeah because you're like I don't know you know like there was like a judgment for the girls who were having sex on the girls who weren't and then the ones who were openly talking about it were judged by the ones who were having sex and didn't want to talk about it it was just this constant judgment yeah like mean girl style no there was none and like that judgment trickles down into everything then into all your hobbies so if people are doing things that you think aren't right because you've been brought up to think it's not right then you kind of look at other people and go well I'm not like them and it's yeah it is exactly that I think a sense of it as well. I know for me anyway, these came from like my my parenting style. Like my mom and her family would have been like, you know, raised in like the 50s, 60s in Ireland. Very, very Catholic. You know, she still would be my mom. And like that kind of ethos was kind of 
given down to me and I very much believed in it up until I'd say uh, I went to college and I was like wow there's a whole other world out here <laughs> yeah. there's so many other opinions to have and yeah. I was like this is amazing yeah um but a lot of the time I don't think that kind of you're kind of stick with that mentality because you don't get to meet other people everyone's no. like-minded yeah. in the sense of the shaming thing and at least with the kind of the emo scene and stuff like that I feel like having a connection to music while you're in school is like having another community and another outlet and I know obviously today with the internet and people actually growing up with the internet um, I feel like Twitter the, the kind of the the mindset and the the, the kind of the political setting yeah. that's on Twitter now that was not there when, no. during the I was only on Twitter to tweet Gabe <laughs> tell him I loved him and wanted to marry him and you know follow yeah what Pete Wentz is doing yeah. and now it's kind of very people this is an opinion and you have to have this opinion yeah. and, and I it, feel like that was great for a while but now it's kind of getting to a point where everyone's like hmm do I have to have that opinion though let me be a bit more uh, question a little bit more yeah that's, no that's you're exactly right Like we're growing as a, as a society we've, we're going from a sense of that kind of Catholic ethos to like no that's all wrong this is the opinion you need to have and now I feel like we're you know at the mature maturity stage of our little river, and we're we're getting to uh, questioning things. Yeah, more. <laughs> it's like we're heading towards the delta of yes. freedom, like just down the end. <laughs> it was such a fun metaphor, bless you, child. Oh, um, but no, you're you're dead right, and like I think even on those internet spaces when I was younger, it was like I got kind of accidentally exposed to feminism because it was still oh, no. yeah. oh my god <laughs> but it was because I was like at the same time as being really into music I was really into books and yeah. I was like super emo about books like yeah. if that's even possible so I'd read like these little like culty emo books and like I remember being on the forum of this author that I really liked and she was talking about feminism and I remember commenting something I think I was like 15 at the time being like I'm not a feminist but like here's my thoughts and people really gently at the time were like hey feminism isn't actually burning bras and not shaving like yeah. you know unless you want to choose to do that in which case that is also valid but it was like this is it's not about hating men it's about whatever and it was the first time that I had ever been exposed to this as a concept as an ideology as a yeah. way of thinking and I was just my tiny brain just went like Pff. yeah um and I was like oh my god maybe I'm a feminist <laughs> and look at me now bitches like it just you know. <laughs> right. yeah um but I think with groupies like you go back to like I think everybody has heard of like back to Bowie actually like people have heard of Laurie Maddox and they've heard of Sable Star who were like 14 and like I've seen photos of these girls and they were stunning but it's like they're children they're so tell me a little bit because I haven't actually heard of these before and just for any of our listeners who haven't can you tell us the story behind this there were a group of groupies there was a groupies <laughs> of um, young girls who like at the height of like rock and roll in the 70s would in America like in LA usually go around all the different bands that were there so um there was Sable Star and she was known as a baby groupie um and she like um had sex for the first time at 12 with the rock star and that's how she like lost her virginity even though virginity is a social construct I prefer sexual debut <laughs> <laughs> if you don't see what I mean it's no, like you know virginity um, is, um like you know it was like virginity means something you've lost something has a lot of stigma whatever sexual debut <laughs> makes it about you implies a musical number and because of the con like the implies a musical <laughs> yeah. Then my sexual debut. Sexual debut now. Yeah, so she had her sexual debut at twelve, which like <laughs> that just sounds weird. <laughs> I don't like yeah. Um, at twelve, which twelve, like a twelve-year-old, and like yeah. these are stunning girls. Like she's so beautiful. Um, 
At, like right. at the same time, like do whatever the fuck you want with your body. I'm thinking like when I'm you're a child, you're a child, you're a child, you're a child, yeah. And like uh, adults should have known better. Should yeah. know better. Like that's the thing. Like this is she was. Um. So by the time she was fourteen, she'd been with like Iggy Pop and David Bowie. Like the thing about Bowie is he's held up as this hero, and then at the same time you're like you had sex with children. Yeah. That's not great. But people when he obviously when he passed away, people were like, let's not talk about this. You're like, it's actually kind of important that we talk about yeah. how normalized this aspect of this was. Um. Like the whole story about her is people like people keep trying to paint it in a in a in a way and I don't know I'd like to hear what she had to say about it because they're like well you know there's obviously something dark about a 12 year old wanting to have sex with all these men and you're like there probably is oh yeah absolutely there has to um, be yeah. and like I just don't understand the the kind of people you would have to be to go oh you're 12 that's fine like I just it, it yeah yeah like I think you're right like you know absolutely no judgment and if you want to do whatever you want with your body when you were old enough to, to make that decision. make those informed decisions. Yeah. Absolutely. But at 12, it's quite young. If she's had a really tragic life, like there was like, I mean, there's suicide attempts. There, she ended up having to have an abortion at one point, but she was like only 14 at the time. Like it's, it's, it's really fucking sad. Yeah. Um, there's Laurie Maddox as well, who was Jimmy Page's 14 year old girlfriend. Um, she had also been with Bowie. Um, same deal mm-hmm. again, just like, she's like a really stunning girl, but 14 and then like, he was like 28 when they got together and he was like telling her he was in love with her and stuff and you're like she is a child like yeah this is like the 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 or kelly of the 70s and 80s yeah pretty much and it's apparently so it was jimmy page he went and told her mother oh can i date your daughter and then her mother was like, yeah, I want a, like a, a son-in-law that's like in Led Zeppelin, yeah. who's really rich and famous. Like, um, And then he nearly got arrested at that point, I think, as well. Which, good. At least yeah. in the 70s, they had some kind of morals about this. Um, So they tried to like charge him with statutory rape, which is what it is, because she's a child. Um, And then they kept like their relationship under wraps. And then she insists still now that he was one of the greatest loves of her life. Um, and she didn't think it was morally wrong because she didn't think of herself as underage. Was this, I don't know if it was him or Or Kelly, but wasn't there one of them who, I think I was actually Or Kelly and Aaliyah, I don't know if, if you haven't heard this story, like obviously Or Kelly, I don't know, I'm going to say he was of age, Aaliyah yeah. was not of age and they got married, they had like a low key relationship, they kept it behind closed doors for a long time until she was of age, but I'm pretty sure that... They, he had to get like some sort of written permission from her mother to say that he was allowed to bring him with her, with him on tour. I think it was Or Kelly. That sounds right. I, I, there's been a few cases of it. You see, I mean, this is not a new thing. There was thing. definitely a yeah. case of some, some yeah. rock star, some celebrity, some musician who had to get the parents of his underage partner, girlfriend, whatever, to... Uh, bring them across state lines yeah and it's just like if you have to get the yeah. parents to sign <laughs> yeah probably don't be dating this person the problem like yeah you know um i think probably one of the other most famous ones is bb buell she's Liv tyler's mother so she would have been a groupie at the time and she would have slept with stephen tyler and then ended yeah. up pregnant with Liv. um and apparently she got her start when Jimi hendrix spotted her and a friend on the streets and cat called at them out the car 
window. I mean, probably the only time in history where catcalling worked on anybody. Yeah. Um, saying, hey, girls, you want to come with us to the show? So then she, like, ended up sleeping with Mick Jagger and David Bowie and Elvis Costello and, like, loads of more. And then she ended up pregnant with Steven Tyler's kid. Um, and then, like, Liv Tyler didn't even know until she was, like, 11. And then she met Steven Tyler and was like, you look like me. <laughs> so, like, yeah. She didn't know that no. was her dad? No. Oh my god! Yeah, so like she, it's just, I don't know. So um, BB Beale has like been, see, this is really confusing because there's Pamela DeBar as well, and she's cited as the inspiration behind the film Almost Famous. So you know Penny Lane yeah. and Almost Famous. So some people say it's Pamela. Some people say that BB Beale was the inspiration for it. So I think it's just it took a lot of stories from that time, um. But a lot of these people, you're like, the name Penny Lane. That rings a bell to me as something that's synonymous with groupies. Yeah. Because I have no idea who this person is, yet I feel like even back, like, I just feel like the Penny Lane name comes up a lot when it when we're referring to, when culture refers yeah. to fans and stuff. So yeah. is this a person or is this kind of like a John Doe, it's a Penny Lane? The Penny Lane was like the character in Almost Famous. So they based, right. yeah, but that is the thing. So it's like when people bring up groupies or the concept of groupies they're like oh it's famous Penny Lane and you're like oh good job like, Penny Lane Beale, yeah. Penny Lane yeah. I, I, that's where I thought it came is, it, is that where it came from like, I actually don't know I always think maybe thing. it must have see I made these little dots yeah. connecting <laughs> in my head but I just needed that little bit of like, more information something, something to yeah, like yeah, yeah. get the synopsis to go together no I think that that's quite likely okay Um, I mean there's there's a bunch of others but this is just like where groupies came from essentially mm-hmm. um and then i was reading another article it was from blow up magazine um in 2018 and it was roadwise the evolution of the groupie so they kind of talked a little bit about what we've just talked about um but then they went on to mention like more people so there's like people like audrey kitching and jack mm-hmm. van Eck. and these are the scene queens that we would have grown up seeing on myspace or like yeah. you know their pictures are everywhere um and their point in the article was that um oh people wonder what they do all day but I just I feel like that concept isn't special anymore like you could call anybody a groupie because influences are a thing what do you do all day to make money and yet they do and they they go and they go to all these events and stuff so it's just these people were like particularly Jack Van Eck I think and and Audrey actually to an extent these are the names that would have come up over and over again as like having been people at all time low and being people in Fall Out Boy and being people like it just their names that constantly were linked to various Mm -hmm. celebrities probably through the mid kind of 2000s mm-hmm. and like Jack Van Eck has her own businesses and so she's done some dodgy things that are nothing to do with being a groupie and everything to do with maybe not being the best person in the world but like she has her own business she's an influencer now um and there is like but that does seem to be that the concept of the word groupie was dropped when you were talking about these scene queens because they were just seen as being the top of like this was aspirational yeah that's how you get close to the band and I think the concept of wanting to get close to the band comes from like the desire for a relationship with the band and like everybody when you are a fan of something or you are yeah. like a fan of anything there's a parasocial relationship where and it's it's especially with music and because music is so emotional you kind of want to be closer and you feel like you're in a relate not in a relationship but like you have a relationship with this band yeah because you care about what they have to say you care about who they are as people you care about their story and what they do and stuff um and there was an article in the Irish Times last year 
really poorly titled. It was called Does Me Too Mean the End of Rock and Roll Groupie? And I was like, this is such bullshit. But when Ugh. you read it, actually, it it wasn't a bad article. It was basically explaining there is a difference between being taken advantage of and like musicians abusing the trust of yeah. children and women who want to have sex with them. Yeah. Like there's a massive difference. And that was what they're explaining. But um, an anonymous musician told the author of this. Oh, sorry. This actually came from The Guardian. It was rewritten in the Irish Times. Um, yeah, I was just thinking about yeah. the Irish Times. It's very forward thinking. Maybe. Yeah, it's very forward thinking for them. But no, it's, it was from The Guardian. It was just reprinted in the Irish Times online. Um, but somebody told the author of this piece, um, and they were a musician, they said, when I meet fans now, the conversation isn't, I really love your band. It's, please don't do anything wrong. And that's really sad to me. Oh like, God, it's yeah. so sad to me. But the conversation was basically like, there is a marked difference between these two things. And like, mm. you can argue that, you know, when women want to have sex or people want to have sex with musicians, that there is kind of a divide anyway, because there's, it's an imbalance because the person is famous and you're not famous. So unless you're famous, yeah. there's whatever. And you're like, yeah, you could argue that. But I think ultimately, if somebody is consenting to do something and they want to do this and at a later point in their life, they go, I don't want to do that anymore fine fine go ahead it is your body you do whatever you want as long as you're aware that there is that imbalance and i think once it's in it's informed consent at the end of the day once you're aware of this stuff Mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure one particle of unitanium has a nuclear reaction with a flux capacitor carry the two changing its atomic isotoner into a radioactive spider yes science On that, there is um, a science pitch article I found. It was by Larson in 2017 and it was published in Organization, which is a journal, um, a journal of psychology. And the article is called It's a Man's 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 World, Music Groupies and the Othering of Women in the World of Rock. And a lot of this is what we were saying at yeah. the beginning. Um, but Larson described groupies as a particular type of fan that are most commonly associated with rock music. Um, other people have explained like groupies who specifically want to have sex with musicians other people are just like they're fans so um larson said the groupie identity is exclusively applied to female fans but sometimes also to female music producers and is largely used in a derogatory manner both by the popular media and by fans themselves mm-hmm. um, which i think is right and it's exactly what you were saying it's trying to other yeah. people so there's a big distinction like the the groupie identity and um, excludes women from creative production and rock music um so what larson said is that popular music and music media played a significant role in stereotyping groupie as female right from the emergence of the label. So, like, back to Beatlemania, exactly yeah. what you are saying at the beginning of this episode. Um, those fans were groupies because even if they were just massive fans of the band, they were all seen as, like, you all just want to have sex with these ugly men. Like, this... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said it. And what? I have to say, John Lennon was a bit of stuff back in the day. But now his hair, Clodagh, his hair... <laughs> I know he became less problematic as he aged. Yeah. But he also became less attractive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe there's some link between that. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So then she goes on to say that there's the credibility and authenticity are the two things that are most closely associated with music journalism. Because yeah. if you're going to write anything as a journalist, those are two values that you need to uphold. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> that's, that's kind of important. Yeah. But if you, um, if you are being dubbed as a groupie, then it's like, well, this woman is a groupie she's not actually interested in the music she just wants to have sex with them so how can she be a music journalist yeah. and it is kind of used against people in that way um it also intertwines the idea of femininity with fandom so like you can only be a fan if you're also identify as female um which is kind of bullshit yeah 
and it magnifies cultural assumptions about women as sex objects which it it does it like assumes that but like it it takes this concept of sex drugs and rock and roll where guys are in bands because they want to get girls and they want to be famous they want to have money and they want to have like women all over them all the time and you're like but we're judging the women that are all over them even though rather than the men who are seeking this yeah but also like we're judging the women and then we're not judging the men Whereas it's accepted that the men will have women all over them. And yeah. if women didn't do that, then they wouldn't have it. Yeah. So is it that you don't want them to have it either? Or what is the problem? Like, I don't understand how you can celebrate something and then degrade somebody about the same thing. Yeah. When there has to be two people involved in yeah. it. Otherwise, it's a very scary situation. Yeah, like, exactly, I don't... exactly. That's what I never understood. I never, under, like, growing up, I never understood the kind of concept behind telling girls not to have sex and then telling boys to have all the sex they wanted. Yeah. Like, I never understood. I was like, well, he has to have sex with someone. <laughs> uh, and if girls can't do that with him, I'm so confused. Like, that Yeah. And really... it's like, and at the same time, it's like, you, you know, have all the sex you want, but not with other men because being gay is a sin kind of like that was yeah, the, obviously yeah. we don't believe that in any way shape or form but that is what we were taught yeah so it's like if you can't have sex with other men and you can't have sex with women whomst is the sex, you having sex with yourself? <laughs> yeah i mean valid no shame, fine. <laughs> valid but like it, it just doesn't it never it made doesn't any make sense. sense no at it all. never made sense um so she mentioned a summary of what groupies are so i think it was warwick in 2007 uh, describe groupies as a kind of female fan assumed to be more interested in sex with rock stars than in their music groupies are understood to be easy in inverted commas uh, with low self-esteem and too stupid about music to be proper fans but also paradoxically predatory and exploitative of the hapless musicians whose artistry they cruelly ignore in their lust for celebrity Aww. sex what a load of wank <laughs> now to be honest with you gigs today are 70 quid a ticket yeah unless i love that gig or that band i'm not paying 70 quid just to go and look at them like men are not that great no i'm not gonna pay 70 euro just to look at somebody no like there has to be an interest in the music there yeah so that's ridiculous to think that women would be able to do that or would want to just pay that amount of money to look at a man without and then actually enjoying the music yeah it doesn't make any sense like you have to at some point for you to see if I think if you were to take it as like having sex with a musician has some kind of personal value to you you would have to give a shit about who they are exactly because like if somebody said to me oh like I want to have sex with some guy from picture this I'd be like why (laughs) like first of all why second of all you do you but like it wouldn't mean anything to me whereas if I was really into that music I'd be like, oh, interesting. Like, I wouldn't care necessarily, but I, it would make more sense to me. Yeah. So I just, and it wouldn't make any sense if that was just somebody just trying to have sex with somebody that they didn't know or find attractive. Yeah. Like, the, it just, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You have, there has to be some value ascribed to who they are. Because celebrity doesn't mean anything. No. Unless you put a value on it. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So like, for example, if, you know, I don't know. Jared Way walked into a room of 100 people like only the people who are into My Chemical Romance are going to be like oh my fucking god everyone yeah. else could be like eh, your mom from My Chem yeah eh. do you know it, there's definitely is that sense of you put people on a pedestal yeah but you have to physically do it you can't it's not like they're on a ready made pedestal yeah. like if I don't know one of the fucking Kardashians walked into a room I'd be like which one are you again and like that's not as that a- automatically 
knocks them off the pedestal they think they're on. Well, that's it. Like, first of all, you know all, yeah. that they're on your level. Whereas a few in your head were like, oh my God, Kim Kardashian. Yeah, well, I've known Kim was. It's the other two thing. that I always get mixed up. <laughs> and it's like, that's not like a, I'm too cool for this. It's just genuinely, I've never been interested in who yeah. they are. Like, I know who Kylie is and I know who Kendall are because, like, I think they were more on I my news feed. mixed up all the time. <laughs> I had no idea yeah like I just you know it's like name. a thing I don't really care about and yeah. if one of them walked into the room I wouldn't be like oh my god but like other people would yeah and like me meeting those people doesn't mean anything to me yeah whereas it would to people who are fans of them and I think that's the the point that they're missing because you can't say somebody is only doing this and exploiting these people if unless there's a point to it and the point to it has to be some kind of motivation and the motivation has to come from you actually giving a shit who these people are exactly so i i i mean i mean that person described it in that way to explain that they think it's bullshit as well but it really is a bullshit explanation um so larson went on to say that beyond a surface level recognition basically we don't know anything about groupies other than that they're reduced to some kind of character used Mm -hmm. in a derogatory manner both by the popular media and are treated like a punchline to an ever-ending joke that only the boys are in on so like i mean we know the names of some groupies but we don't like you know my name but not my story yeah. but like genuinely we know the names but we don't know anything about their lives or anything beyond what they've shared and like who are like why why are we judging <laughs> why are we judging anybody for doing anything that they want to do if there's no point to it like I, I just I don't get it um something really really interesting is they were talking about the rock patriarchy um, and they called it homosexuality, which is describing the social non-sexual bonds that exist between persons of the same sex. So it's this idea that it takes the concept of men who are like, yes, I'm a rock star. And with that, you get sex and you get drugs and like okay. you get the music and everybody supports. So all the men in all these bands support each other in like, obtaining this stuff. Yeah. And it creates another them and us kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it's like this homosexuality where like you're socialized to believe that these are things you're entitled to as a male musician. And Which then I... you ju- like collectively then you all end up judging these women. Yeah. And I just thought that was really interesting. Um, but it, she said it explained how men maintain and defend patriarchy through their friendships and their collaborations. So, like if all the men in like, I don't know, Rock Sound or Kerrang decided or all had the attitude that women don't really belong here and not that that's because they do have female writers and stuff but like if for, as an example, for an example yeah. um if that was their attitude that is how all of them would treat any women that tried to get involved yeah. in it i think in the first place oh definitely there was an article in the rolling stone as well that she goes on to explain but it was called the groupies and other girls which already is beginning not it's great people, yeah not yeah. great um, they define groupie as a chick that hangs out with bands and then opened it with the following characterization. I think is this is where I stopped reading it because oh, the, it goes, uh, she got her man. He was the cat they were all after and she got him. In the groupie's place in the culture of rock and roll that makes her something. She was already something. These are all in italics, any word that I randomly put emphasis <laughs> on. Um, she had already balled 17 or 36 or 117 musicians, 4 or 12 or 25 of them real stars, names everybody in the US and England would know, but now her status was elevated again. She had scored with this cat the first night he was in town. She might get him for the whole weekend. He seemed to dig her, you know? You can't always tell, but he did seem to. Wow. 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 <laughs> like, oh. Um, so th- some of them, I mean, this is like a thing that when I was reading about, about um, 
Laurie Maddox and um BBBO that they like referred like they weren't just having sex with them they were also mothering them so they were like you know oh do you need to go shopping do you need somebody to mend your clothes do you need somebody to make you food and it's like they fulfill a, a greater role than just sex it's like some like you know get a tour manager like get a fucking PA like I don't know pay somebody to do this shit but they kind of explained that groupies were represented as more or less interchangeable with any other mundane form of relaxation and are depicted as objects of pity and derision so like literally the 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 popular view of being a groupie is very judgmental and it's like well you're just here to pick up my shit after me aren't you sad and you're like but you then attach yourself to these girls and tell them that you love them and you know invariably end up having children with them like just what what is this what is happening um, but that particular article left the impression that groupies are pathetic creatures to be pitied, the same time a crucial part of rock culture, um, without which they couldn't basically deserve receive their deserved amount of adulation. Yeah. Um, which is kind of the, the main gist of the whole the whole thing. Um, Bibi Beale actually said that as far as the groupie tag, I don't believe the world means now what it did in the 60s and 70s. Much like older misused terms such as punk and grunge, the term groupie is used to describe almost anyone associated with musicians today. Because of that, I have disassociated myself with the label. This innocence that once surrounded the word has been replaced by an almost anything goes mentality. I'm sure it's an insult to girls like Pamela DeBar, Cynthia, Pl- Cynthia Plastercaster. Wow, what? <laughs> Cynthia Plastercaster and the GTOs who coined it to be lumped in the same category as women would sleep with anyone associated with the banner crew. That's not what a groupie is in the old fashioned sense. The music was and is the most important thing to a true groupie of days gone past. The modern sense of the term I find degrading and false. It gets my back up. So that was in 2007. She said that. And I can understand that. Like if you, your life was music and it was these musicians and you had this like relationship to music and it happened to intersect with mm-hmm. your sexuality and things that you wanted from life. Yeah. And then people are like, well, you're just, you're useless or you're, it doesn't mean anything or it's, it's anybody and you don't care about the music. Of course that would upset you. Yeah. It's like erasing her own identity without her getting any kind of saying in it. Um, this is actually what we were saying earlier. Um, she later went on to say that groupies have been characterised as grown-up, hypersexualized teeny boppers, which is exactly what we were saying earlier. Yes. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's there's there's more to this, but it it just it's it gets really heavy and. I don't know. We're a light, fluffy podcast. We are a light, fluffy podcast. She doesn't like to be angry. Um. But this was talking about the, the kind of an actual marketing relationship that people can have. So there's like artist consumer. And yeah. then it was looking at the groupie as like being this other thing, even though like these are people, as you said, they're buying tickets to the shows because if you want to spend 70 quid on something, you kind of have to like it. Yeah. And, you know, they're they're hanging out with the bands and maybe they get to know the, the smaller bands or they like, it's like, I don't know. I just, I don't get it. Like, it's just, it's part of the culture. It's part of, music in general let people fucking do whatever they want as long as they're a old enough and b fully aware of what they're consenting to and like that's kind of it Um, absolutely like we we did actually put a call out to see if anyone would like to get in touch with us to talk about it today because obviously we only have small anecdotes from stories that we've heard or you know things that we've seen we don't actually i don't anyway have personal experience with with doing that like that kind of being in that circle with band um so if 
anyone does have anything they'd like to add definitely send us an email we'll yeah. read it out at the start of our next episode um just give us your story um it can all be anonymous. actually we don't want bad names or we your don't want name. bad names you don't even have to give us your name because we first of all we don't want to invade on your privacy their yeah. privacy and you know yeah we don't want to defame anyone in no. big trouble um because we don't have any money <laughs> <laughs> but also it's it's just not nice to like we we don't want you to give us names because yeah. we don't want to give information out about bands um that may or may not be true and obviously we're going to treat everything with the utmost confidentiality yeah. and again we will say that these stories that we do hear are just things that we've heard and we, we don't yeah. have experience of the other thing is courtney um runs our tumblr what's her homer name it kissed me yesterday pod.tumblr.com good woman because i i i don't know how she was that tumblr <laughs> thing now tumblr or uh, courtney runs her tumbly runs her tumblr <laughs> courtney runs her tumblr um and she interacts with people on there so if you speak spoke to me in the tumblr it's the middle of the courtney because i haven't got a clue um i did use it back in the day but that that's besides the point um but you have actually found some kind of blogs and stuff like that, that yeah have groupy stories and have yeah, so um, like back in the day, there there used to be a Tumblr called Band Whores and On, and it was run by four girls. Um, some of them were from the states, some of them were from the UK, and they basically were it was entirely anonymous, and they were like, we sleep with guys in bands, mm-hmm. um, and some people would submit like, oh, I slept with this guy last night, and he's from whatever band. So it was like all of the it was kind of the, like 2013, 2014, like the height of the pop punk scene when like. All Time Low and like Pierce the Veil and Secret Sirens and all those bands are around. I'm not saying those were the bands specifically they were sleeping with, but like that That's was that was the era we're talking about. Um, so people would submit like, oh, how do you get close to this guy? And people would say like, oh, you know, I've heard they had a girlfriend and they're not doing this anymore, or like they've just broken up with somebody and I've heard they're sleeping yeah. with whoever. So best thing to do is go to the bar or like go whatever. And they'd get, give advice to people on how to actually sleep with guys. And like they have this particular blog had like a dress code like what you should wear and like what you shouldn't do and like how to not appear like you're a fangirl and like they made this like really clear distinction between fangirl and groofy but it was like okay. but I thought it was interesting because it wasn't like othering it it was more kind of going like this is what this means and this is how they're going to see you unless you do these things oh, really whether it fucking worked I don't know I like I wasn't sitting there going mm, yeah good was tips this a secret code to like tell because <laughs> I met you me six and I'm like why did I read this book <laughs> <laughs> few shots later you're like hello <laughs> uh, but it's i don't know like i feel like if you had met you made six that night and you had just been talking to them and you ended up like saving one of them or whatever it would have been organic and it wouldn't have been like you weren't playing yeah, you weren't exactly. like following a playbook or whatever but i don't know i found it interesting and there's been other iterations of it since and like even when you search the t- i mean there's not much about any of them anymore but when you search the tags you kind of see like people going this is like ridiculous you're invading people's privacy or whatever and you're like i you know can't disagree with that if you're saying like i slept with this person or whatever but some of them again like i would have heard stories about bang guys and people who worked kind of with the mm-hmm. the crews kind of going oh like this girl slept with this guy in this band like two nights in a row and he didn't remember her and you're like that's such a horrible story you but at the same time yeah i've told you that story before <laughs> but you're like that's that's horrendous but also really fucking funny yeah. <laughs> and but again like that girl didn't give a shit it's not like she was like oh i hope he remembers me it was just yeah. like yeah i want to have sex with him again so i traveled down to do that and if you want to do that grand grand yeah like i don't i don't see what the point is in judging but definitely if you have any story like i mean the thing that we want to like really highlight is that we're not debating this with you yeah this isn't us going like 
you shouldn't do that. So as and long we're as not, we're not going to play devil's advocate or anything no. like that, we actually just genuinely want to hear stories yeah. about this. Like we, as you've probably yeah. heard from the entire podcast, we believe you should be fully autonomous. Yeah. What you want with your body as long as you're able to consent and yeah. what you're so like to as long like as you so. are over eighteen, we want to hear your stories. Yeah pretty much because pretty if you're much. under 18 i can't deal with the guilt of knowing this information like just don't don't share it with us if you're not over 18 yeah like please be safe um and please be safe who you're like sharing information with as well so um that'd be amazing if you want to do that and you can contact us on kids from yesterday pod on facebook on tumblr um it's kids from yesterday pod at gmail.com as well if you want to send us an email and on twitter we are at kids from yj pod because we didn't have enough characters <laughs> story of our lives And we will see you guys next time. See you next time. Bye.